It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The dreams of the 09 Celtics get dashed when Kevin Garnett hurts his knee. It's a tough time, but we're going to talk about it here on this Wednesday, Locked On Celtics. Millie, let's go. John Corrales here of MassLive.com welcoming you back to another Locked On Celtics and thanking you for making this show part of your daily routine. This show brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. You can use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first purchase. Today, Mike Dynan of RedsArmy.com and I continue our conversation of the 08-09 season in the afterglow of a championship. The Boston Celtics are marching along, even though some of the offseason didn't go well. And if you listen to yesterday's podcast, you'll get the offseason portion of this and James Posey not being around and the different things the Celtics had to do. Today, we pick things up with the Kevin Garnett injury that changed the entire future of the franchise. February 19th, 2009. That day changed the entire course of NBA history. Because who knows what happens if Kevin Garnett doesn't hurt himself. And it seemed benign. Right, he I remember was going up for what, like going up for an alley oop, and yes. then he just landed kind of funny, and he was hopping like he didn't. It didn't look like all too serious. And I remember in the beginning, they were like, ah, you know, a couple weeks, two, three weeks, and it just kept getting prolonged. Uh, it it was one of the most um, confusing injuries that I've ever seen because at that point, before he try, he does come back, but at that point, we're thinking like, well, is he good? Is he not good? Like, at the the initial reaction was, I, I felt like, okay, no, I, I think he's going to come back for the playoffs. That was what we were told. Um, that was the frustrating thing about it. It was frustrating on many levels that first of all he had to get hurt right, right. everything is looking great and then the one guy that we couldn't afford to lose he gets hurt and then we were told eh, it's going to be like you said you know two three weeks and then it wasn't and the, the whole rest of the season it was a guessing game he was expected to come back and play then he didn't and got put off and then when he did come back, it was just for four games, and he was not effective at all. And uh, then they sat him down again. And But if I remember right, the expectation was he would be able to play in the playoffs. And then 
like the day or two days before the first playoff game, it was announced, no, Kevin Garnett's out for the playoffs, for the whole playoffs. And right there, the dream of the repeat was dead, if you were being realistic. Because they just, they were not going to get by the Lakers again without Kevin Garnett. No, no. Um, so big Gar- baby, big baby filled in for him, <laughs> and he did a good job. But he was not KG. No, of course not. Of course not. Yeah, nobody expected him to be. But it was just such a gaping hole not to have Garnett in the lineup. He, you learned exactly how much he lifted everyone else up by you know when he was. When he was on the floor, and when you when you lose them, you, they they seem a little rudder, rudderless. Um, and to go back to now, they he gets hurt in February. All of a sudden, they go eight and four in February, nine and six in March. They start losing games. They lose a game, losing games at home uh, for the first time. Uh, they they don't have a winning record on the road. They they go they split their eight road games in March. So the the impact of Garnett is now really realized. And you can sit like putting big baby next to Kendrick Perkins. Like it, it takes, obviously he's not Garnett, but it makes Perkins less effective because Perk doesn't, Perk has to now try to cover for people. And Perk's not the guy that's going to go cover for too many people. Perk was playing off of KG and, and was able to kind of clean up some messes but he's not the guy that's going to go uh, and and cover for all the messes like like KG would. So losing KG now, all of a sudden, you you have this feeling of like, uh, what what what's gonna, <laughs> what are, what are we going to do here? Uh, it's well, yes, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's upsetting. It's upsetting to relive it. It's upsetting to talk about it. Um, and and when they get to the playoffs, you can they immediately they you you can see that they struggle because they in the first round they go to seven against the Chicago Bulls, and then hmm. in the conference semifinals they go up against the Orlando Magic, and that's the Orlando Magic where Dwight Howard. When we talk about Dwight Howard being a Hall of Famer. It's it's these Dwight it, these Orlando Magic days, and without KG to kind of help, and it, it just kind of lets Dwight kind of do his thing, um, and they they end up beating the Celtics in seven. Yep, um, the the another thing that didn't help was that unlike the year before when they got Cassell and PJ really effective role players to come and join the team late season this time the late season pickups were Mikey Moore who had played who ended up playing for nine teams in 11 seasons he never averaged double figures so he was you know the journeyman yeah the the quintessential journeyman and Stephen Marbury who was not the Stefan Marbury from his all-star days with KG in Minnesota. Uh, he 
only average a few points a game for the Celtics. So they've really got no pickup from their pickups. And as just an indicator of how weak the bench was that you referenced earlier, the uh, the first man off the bench, or like the sixth man for them in the playoffs, was Brian Scalabrini. He played 20 minutes a game in the playoffs for the Celtics that season. Now, the previous year, with the winning the title, they had 26 playoff games, and Scal didn't appear in one of them. Not one. So now you know him having to play 20 minutes a game. One season later, that's a pretty good indicator of what your uh, roster strength is. It's not good. <laughs> that that's uh, sorry, Scalp. That that's not good at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, so Scal Scal plays in twelve playoff games, like you said, at twenty point five minutes per game during the regular season. Scal played in thirty nine regular season games. And played 13 minutes per game in those games, uh, and started started eight of them. I remember, so this is this is a classic Doc Rivers move, and and I kind of like doing this. You know, you you go into your bench and maybe you you take a guy that plays a specific role um, that it doesn't have to be great, but you put him in the starting lineup because being around all of the other guys, your starters, your you know Pierce and Ray Allen and all those guys. Uh, and, and Rondo, like that'll raise that'll raise Scalabrini's game rather than him coming in off the bench and not having a Rondo to, to pass to him and all of that stuff. So um, he did he did manage to start eight games in that that regular season, but when yeah when you're upping the the Scalabrini minutes to twenty per game in the playoffs, then that's a problem. Uh, and they they couldn't get exacerbating the problems. You you, you couldn't get Leon Poe. They couldn't play Leon Poe. Uh, was he hurt at that point, or just ineffective? Uh, I don't recall. Um, I don't recall he did have his hurt. injury problems. I, yeah. I think he probably was hurt. I I just don't know for sure. But he had his uh, he had knee problems uh, his whole career and. He only played in two playoff games, so I think he probably was hurt. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. That's the one thing that I can't remember. The only, yes. the only production they got knee strain. was yeah, knee strain. Uh, okay. Oh, right, yeah. Right. Okay. That's what it is. That makes sense. So makes sense. I he 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 had a knee strain, and then he tore his ACL in game two against the Bulls, and he. He continued to play on it, uh, but ended up when they took him out, they realized that he had torn his ACL. So making oh, the wow. problem worse yeah. in in that in that playoff series against the Bulls, making the problem worse. They they not only have they go without KG, they go without now Leon Poe, who like we said before against against the Lakers in the finals had that one big game. But the thing with Leon Poe is that he's you know he was good. At, he just understood his role. He understood, you know, he was he had a real quote unquote nose for the ball. Like he was just a, a hard nosed player. And um, to, so losing him, now you're leaning on Scal. Now you're leaning on Mikey Moore, who's like 130 pounds. He's like <laughs> super, super one of the skinniest people I've ever seen. 
and that that was that was not going to help. And and when we spent like the first part of the the podcast talking about how the bench was thin, like this is this is the the result of that. And when you're building a team around a front loaded, you know, starting five, and, and you struggle to fill that roster then this is what happens. And then you lose one of the key guys off your bench, and now you have no shot at pulling off the miracle. So they get by they get by Chicago, but by the time Orlando rolls around, there's you, now you don't have Leon Poe. Now you're counting on Scal and, and Mikey Moore, and that's not yeah. going to get the job done. And they still hey, took Orlando to seven. Yeah. More on the 08-09 season coming up in just a minute, but first... My secret weapon for you. Getting ahead and learning new things is an incredible app called Blinkist. It's very unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. It takes the very best key takeaways, need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down to just 15 minutes so you can get all of the information in a very easy to consume way. We all know successful people read a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you, like me. You need to get to the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. You have an audio feature that makes it easy to finish a book during a commute, a lunch break while you exercise. It's just kind of like a podcast. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now. And it's got a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, history books, the latest titles from bestseller lists, and even classic nonfiction titles that you've always meant to read but have never had time to. I will pop on a Blinkist while I'm working out. I put it on in the car while I've been driving. You get 15 minutes, you get yourself the key points of a book just from going to the supermarket. So it's very easy to use. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA. To start your free seven-day trial, you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I told you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. I've bought them myself. 
Even after getting a free box, I've bought two more boxes. Once those are gone, I'm going to be ordering more. I've already used the promo code Locked On to get $10 off my first order, but now you could even get more off by going to BuiltBar.com because they're changing their formula. These bars are already great. They're going to get better. They've got 8 million bars remaining, and they're going to get rid of those at deep discounts, 15 to 50% off, depending on how much you order. But here's the best part. When you order right now through BuiltBar.com, BuiltBar.com, 100% of the profits will be donated to organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and the ending of hate and racism. So support a good cause and go check out the best tasting protein bar on the market. All the protein you want, low calorie, low carb, low sugar, great taste, and now up to 50% off and the profits will go help very good causes. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first order. I completely forgot about Leon uh, tearing his ACL. So did I. I just had to look it up. The uh, the only production they got that postseason off the bench was from Scal and Eddie House. And other than that, the starting five were like the Ironmen. They all played at least 36 minutes a game in the playoffs. Um, but you know what? If it wasn't for that situation, that Chicago series might not have been as epic as it turned out to be, because that was just one of the greatest series of all time. There's no doubt about it. Well, you know, they had uh, good. They had um, how many? Let's see. I think they had like five overtime games I, or I four was, overtime games. Yeah, I think there were seven right? total overtimes. Yeah. It was a triple overtime, a double overtime. I mean, it was incre- incredible. Everybody made shots that whatever had to happen to make an overtime come about, then it happened. It was amazing. Yeah, let me see. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. So game game one. When did they have the overtime? Come on, list the overtimes. Okay, never mind. Okay, <laughs> game, game one went to overtime. Game four, double overtime. Game five, overtime. Game six, triple overtime. Five of the games were decided by three points or less. And uh, there was only one game that wasn't close, and Celtics won it by 21 points. And uh, let's see, Ray had 27 threes in the series. Mm-hmm. He, he made a three-pointer to win game three with two seconds left. Game six, he scored 52 points in triple overtime, and they lost anyway. Game five, Pierce hit a jumper to send it to overtime in the final seconds, and then another jumper with three seconds left in the overtime to win the game. And then we had the emergence of playoff Rondo. Game five, 19 assists with no turnovers. For the series, he was just a few rebounds short of averaging a triple-double. And then on the Bulls side, they had Derrick Rose in his rookie year. Right. They had John Sammons, who was really uh, not much of a of uh, on anybody's fantasy list. You know, uh, he was an average player, and somehow he, I don't know, he made a deal with the devil and had the series of his <laughs> life. He was he was unstoppable for Chicago, and Ben Gordon. Out of UConn, uh, was a great outside shooter. 
and he had a, a great series as well for um, the Bulls. And then they had Brad Miller and Joakim Noah. And so it was tremendously competitive because the Celtics were so short-handed. Right. So that was Derek Rose, Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah, man, I my memory is just so bad. <laughs> like, oh, yes, <laughs> that's right. They did have all of those overtimes. Uh, they, That's right. Um, and I wonder how that would have gone. Like, it's, it, if they had Kevin Garnett for that series, you just wonder how, I mean, would the Celtics have still gone to seven? Would they, I don't know. It's interesting. They, they, that Chicago uh, team seems like they captured lightning in a bottle that, that year. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, one of those examples of it happens a lot. First round, a team that's not expected to do anything, but they're sky-high confident and they're determined, and they come out and play over their heads. And that's what happened in that series. I think they, they played the best that they could have ever imagined. And that triple OT game, that was just tremendous hard, one of the hardest fought games ever. I mean, the Celtics were, uh, you know, if they were up three to two. If they win the game, which was in Chicago, then, uh, they close out the series and Chicago just would not give in. They, they managed to pull it out. But even though it took three overtimes. And then finally the Celtics in the game seven, they, they won by, um, 10 points because they had a, a second quarter where they won that quarter 29-11 and Chicago didn't recover from that. But that's what it took to beat them. It was just a tremendous effort. Ray was playing out of his mind. KG, uh, in his fine suit on the bench, he spent the entire series making threatening looks down to the Chicago bench. I if you remember, remember. Every, every time they had a timeout, KG would get off the bench and turn toward Chicago bench and glare at them. I you know, remember could, the photo. He could really glare. I remember the photo of him jawing at Ben Gordon as Ben Gordon <laughs> walks by. He's wearing like this big, like he's wearing this black suit and he's clearly in the middle of saying something with the, with the letter F in it. So, um, <laughs> That and that picture. That picture. Now, that's something I remember. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. um, the he really <laughs> the intensity. It's you. You hear about the stories of like Garnett at practices, kind of when when uh, they sat him down. There was a, that one practice where they they sat KG. Uh, I don't know if it was. It might have been that season. Maybe the, the year before where they sat KG and Doc was like, take the day off. And KG fought them on it. And they finally got him to like get on the sidelines. But he was whenever, whatever Leon Poe was doing, he was mimicking on the sideline. So Leon goes up to grab a rebound. KG jumps like he's grabbing a rebound. Leon spins, KG spins. Like he's doing the whole thing. And and Doc was like, if you don't stop, I'm sending everybody home. And KG wouldn't stop. And so Doc was like, that's it. Everybody get out of here. I hope you're happy, KG. Just go. <laughs> uh, 
which is the, a, a testament to his intensity. Like the 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 he just couldn't sit down. He couldn't sit still. And, and once the game was going on, like he was just in a frenzy. So still not being able to play, but being on the sidelines, that still creates this. You know, he still creates this 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 hype in his head. And yeah, that's how it came out. Yeah, I I wouldn't want KG glaring at me under any circumstances. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, having having been around and 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 you hear him start telling the stories. Like I was at the, um, I think I mentioned. Did I mention on this podcast before on the All the Smoke podcast? Yes, where, you did. Yeah. So you hear him telling the stories. Like at the beginning of him sitting there talking to, to, to these guys, it was like, you know, a little bit guarded, but once he started getting into telling the stories, you're like, Oh yeah, that he, he's lost in the moment now. And, and you can see just, he's just so demonstrative. It's, it's fun to kind of be there and watching it happen. Uh, but you can see how that would turn into what Patrick O'Brien went through and what, <laughs> And, and all of that other stuff. He just, but he had to test. He had to test. And like, as he said, like, I, I had to, I had to know, you know, basically to paraphrase him, it's like, I had to know who my dogs were. Like those, he, he had to know which guys he could count on. And so anyway, so here he is on the sidelines of this epic playoff series against the Bulls, just staring people down and, and yelling and screaming and saying who knows what. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Car stuff is a little confusing to me. I'll be honest. I don't know a lot. And when I go to one of these big chains where I need to ask for something simple, really, it takes a lot longer than I really like. I'm not comfortable. I'm not sure if the person behind the counter is really helping me out and getting me the best price. So from now on, I'm going to go to rockauto.com. Rock Auto has low prices. If you go to one of these big stores, you're going to spend 30 to 50 to 100% more for the exact same auto parts than you would at rockauto.com. Here's an example. They have a fuel pump assembly for a Honda Odyssey, a 2005-2010 Honda Odyssey that you'll get for $217 at rockauto.com. You go to Advance, $354. Now, I don't know what to do with a fuel pump assembly, but all I do know is that's a lot of money. You're saving yourself $140 or so, and that adds up. So... Go check out rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. 
rockauto.com has all your auto body parts from hundreds of manufacturers everything from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil even a new carpet new windshield wipers all of that stuff easy to find in a few easy clicks go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com yeah and uh, had to be killing him not to be able to play too mm. as frustrated as we were he was to infinity times frustrated <laughs> yes yes he was um, and then the Celtics go up against Orlando and that was uh, they couldn't get past Orlando and Orlando ends up going on to the that was the they went to the finals that year and lost to yep. they lost to the Lakers. So that was the beginning yep. of the Lakers three-peat. This the Lakers the Lakers right. lost to the Celtics and they come back they beat Orlando and then the next year which we'll get to they beat uh they beat somebody and then the year after that they win again for a three-peat. Um <laughs> So that uh, Celtics Orlando series, that was big baby having a coming out party sort of because he really played well in that series. Um, after uh, the Magic won the first game in Boston and after game three, they were ahead two to one. In game four, the Celtics were down and had a last possession. They were down by one point. And Pierce uh, had the ball dribbled into the middle, drew Baby's defender, and dished it back to him. And Glenn Davis hits a playoff game-winning jumper at the buzzer. And uh, that was probably the best moment of his career, other than winning the title. But uh, individually, that was probably his career highlight. And then in game five, he had 22 points. The Celtics won at home. And they were ahead three to two. And at that point in Celtics history, they had never lost a series after being up three games to two. And I remember um, Stan Van Gundy coaching the Magic made a big thing out of that. And he said, well, why can't we be the first? And they were. They did it. Uh, game six, Celtics shot only 41%, scored only 75 points. They lost at Orlando. And then game seven, worse, they, they scored 82 points, but only shot 39%. And they lost 101-82. And that was the end of that. Well, let's, let's go back to that Glenn Davis game winner because the best part about the game winner is after he hits it, and he's running back up the right sideline. <laughs> he pushes a little kid. <laughs> he didn't even see that kid. He, did he just not. turned to run, and he didn't know that anybody was there. He just was running, and he banged into him. He just he didn't go turned. on. Yeah, he's. I'm watching it right now. I remember this shot. Uh, he turns around and he's yelling, and so like Bill Kennedy, the referee is there, and he just kind of like. Makes you know, makes himself small so big so big baby can kind of get around him, and Davis is like just pushing people out of his way, and one of the one of them is like I would say a little kid, it's probably like a fifteen year old kid, but and it wasn't hard, 
But it was just really funny because I remember there was like a controversy afterwards and people were like, what are you doing pushing that kid? Yeah, um, because the kid's father was made a big deal out of it, like he was going to sue Baby and the Celtics because of the contact. Yeah. I I don't know if he ever did sue him, but he he got some his 15 minutes of of fame, as they say. Yeah. Out of it. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I think it's more funny than anything because and God, that's not a great looking jumper. He was not a <laughs> he, he was he didn't have a smooth stroke. Let's say. Uh, no, but he shot it with confidence. He did, and well, he had no choice. He had to shoot that because Pierce got double yeah. teamed, um, and there was just there was no way. Like when Pierce dribbled that ball down the middle, they sent they they just sent both players. There there was no way they were going to let Paul Pierce win that. So he yeah, and it was Dwight Howard that was on him too. So he wasn't going to shoot over Dwight Howard. Mm. So. They made the right play and it paid off. Yeah, Richard Lewis, man, I remember those teams. The, the Magic were, like the were most, pretty good. They were. I remember Richard Lewis getting like an insane contract, like the at that point, like the most ridiculous contract. He was still pretty good, but I remember his contract was like stupid. Yeah, well, one hundred and twenty million or something for I don't know how many years, but just that number at the time was huge. That was it was thing. just unheard of. And it was for Richard Lewis, you know, who wasn't <laughs> like a household name. Nothing against him. We're not, not taking anything away. He was an excellent player. He was. And a great three-point shooter. But, you know, he wasn't um, in the finals every year. And, you know, it was a little um, puzzling at the time. But good for him. Yeah, good I hope he's him. all set. I hope he's all set. But he was team. Was he teammates with Ray Allen in in Chicago? I believe in, uh, so. Seattle? Yes, in Seattle. In yeah. Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He got a he got a one hundred. Now I'm. Now you're now you're checking it, right? Now I'm checking. Six years, one hundred eighteen <laughs> million. Six years, one hundred eighteen million. So he had yeah. a, average a career high twenty two point four points per game, and then he cashed in uh, with Orlando. Uh, yes, one hundred eighteen million. For six years. What a country. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're we're kind of avoiding talking about that they lost to Orlando. You know, I mean, we did talk about it, but now we're drifting off into tangents. Yeah, because I I don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to accept that they lost a playoff series to the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Who then went on to lose to the Lakers. They did, they did get to the finals. They did get to the finals. But I, I think I think when we look at this team and say this 08-09 Celtics team, what they could have done, you look at what they did do without KG and without some, some key pieces, uh, you start to wonder, like, what moves does Danny make? Instead of Mikey Moore and instead of Stefan Marbury, I mean, maybe he still gets Stefan Marbury. Who knows? But uh, with KG, like they, they were like you said, they were up three two against the Magic. So they they had that even without KG and Leon and all that stuff. So 
when we say, hey, you know, th- these these guys were pretty damn good. They could have, they really could have done something special. Like, yeah, that this series shows that I think they could have done something super special that season. And if if they were getting past, if they were on the verge of getting past Orlando and Orlando got to the finals, I know this isn't exactly how it goes, how it works, but they. The, who did Orlando beat? They beat. They beat Cleveland. the Cavs. Yeah, so they beat the Cavs in six. Uh, that if the Celtics get there, and I mean, who knows? They, they you know, that was just you could say it was a good matchup, and maybe the matchup against Boston would have been a little bit different. But the Celtics could have gotten past the Cavs as well. Um, it, it's it's very it's very plausible. Like it's not just it's not just Celtics fans blowing smoke. When you think about going back and and kind of looking things over and what could have been, there's it's very plausible to say the Celtics were gonna on their way to another championship. Yeah. Uh, now the Laker fans would say and have said, you know, we didn't have Bynum in '08, but we did have him in '09, and it would have made the difference. And you'll never know, but I mean, uh, I mean, it wouldn't have been easy. It would not, certainly it would not have been easy, but, um, you know, when the Lakers had the good fortune to face Orlando, Orlando hadn't been that far. They, they didn't have the experience and the Lakers won that series in five and Orlando gave them two games, gave away two games. They had, I don't know if you remember the first game of that series in the finals. There was a tie game and the Magic had possession only like a couple of seconds left. They set up a great inbounds play for an alley-oop pass to Courtney Lee and he caught it and missed a layup. Missed a layup that yes. would have won the game. They end up losing in overtime. And then, um, in one of the games down in Orlando, I'm checking here. I said, well, I'm not sure which one it was, but the, the Lakers are down three and, uh, th- they only had one possession and Derek Fisher had the ball and he managed to foot fake Jameer Nelson who backed up and let him shoot a three. They needed a three. Don't let him shoot a three. <laughs> let him go by you if you need to and, and take a two point shot. Don't let him shoot a three, but he did, and the, the Lakers won. Made it. He, he made that shot, I should say, and the Lakers won that game. So you know, you turn that around. If the Magic had a little more experience, maybe the Lakers wouldn't have beaten them because that was two games that the Magic should have had that they didn't have. So you put all that into the imagination machine, and you say, "Yeah, the Celtics would have won," and that's our story, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> I think, look, they, they can say what they want about Andrew Bynum, but he was 21 years old. He was a young guy, uh, and he only played he, he played 19 minutes a game against Orlando. He wasn't like he, he wasn't out there guarding Dwight Howard the entire time. I mean, Pau Gasol averaged 43 minutes a game in that series. So Bynum hmm. did a you know a, a decent job in the time he was there, but. To say that he would have been 
the big difference maker? I mean, maybe he would have. It's you don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm not saying that he would have been. I, I'm not saying that they're correct. I'm just saying no, that right, is their right, argument. Right. right, that's their argument. And what I'm saying is, yeah, you know, their argument. Is, I mean, it, because it's fictional. Because, like you said, imagination machine. We don't know. The the L.A. perspective is a little bit different than the Boston perspective. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, it was it was a it was terrible that we all the, the team and the fans were all deprived of the opportunity to find out. That's you true. Know? That's true. That's that's the big that because. After after that big drought and you have this team put together and, and you understand like the limited nature of this team's window to lose a season like this and but this is this is what happens though I mean when guys get older you do have run the risk of injuries and you like we can we can also sit here and say hey man it sucks that he would you know that he got hurt and. And we we could have we could have been enjoying a second championship. Well, I mean that's that's part of it. That's you know Warriors fans have the same thing. Warriors fans can say, you know, hey, if we didn't have KD and if we you know if we didn't lose KD and if we didn't lose Clay, then we would have we would have had that championship and not Toronto. And that's so that's how it goes. That is. So the 2009 season ends in disappointment. We're not sure exactly where Kevin Garnett's knee is going to leave us. We don't know what's happening with the future of the franchise. There's a lot that needs to kind of be worked out here. And we know that now they end up getting themselves back to the NBA Finals. But it's not a smooth ride in 2010 Moving forward, that 2010, 2009-2010 season is is interesting. And moving forward, after that, we've got Kendrick Perkins trade. There's a lot that goes on in that the rest of that decade. Now we're into this final decade of Celtics history before we get get up to today. So subscribe if you have not subscribed. All of you regular subscribers. Please give us a five-star rating and a good written review. It's very much appreciated. Also, go to our sponsors, Blinkist.com slash NBA to check out Blinkist for a special deal and a free trial. Go to rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order for the best-tasting protein bar on the market. That's it. we got a special show tomorrow, and then after that, we will resume our historical deep dives. So we'll see you then on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.